Whistleblower Report, exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Military Report segment today. And with me is Major Mike Gary, and I'll tell you about his background in a moment. But you can listen to our Whistleblower Reports every day on America Out Loud Talk Radio, 12 noon and 12 midnight Eastern Time, and on our Cloud Hub channel and our Rumble channel, as well as at thewhistleblowerreports.org. So if you miss us on America Out Loud Talk Radio, there are lots of places to find all of our content every day. And check out our website, truthforhealth.org. Sign up for our email alerts and be part of our crusade to defend life and freedom as God's gifts. And that is who our guest is today. And actually, Major Gary is also a co-host of our whistleblower reports, often doing the military and the faith reports with me. He has been in the Army National Guard for 25 years and nearly 15 years of it as a certified hazmat technician, chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear officer. And he has served as the deputy commander and executive officer for the CBRN response force package and weapons of mass destruction civil support teams. Both are National Guard response units to CBRN threats and CBRN or CBRN and CBRN stands for chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear threats. Major Gary is known for setting up complex training scenarios that simulate real world threats and simulate what nefarious malevolent actors might try to do to the United States. And this helps improve the National Guard's weapons of mass destruction response. And he was also noted in his career as constantly beating the training evaluators testing scenarios. So I think we have a very significant military expert with us But what's even more significant is that after he applied for his religious accommodation to the COVID shot, obviously, as a bioweapons expert, 
he had concerns about the bioweapon COVID shot. And he also had very strong faith reasons for requesting a perfectly constitutionally acceptable exemption from a gene therapy shot that alters the body's design as God designed it. Very basic, always enshrined in the Constitution, your right to reject experimental products, your right to determine what goes in your body, particularly on faith grounds. And that also fits under the Religious Accommodation Act and the Religious Freedom Restoration Act and the Uniform Code of Military Justice. But lo and behold, in the COVID pandemic, religious accommodations in the military were broad brush blanket denied for the majority of people who applied. And some branches of service were worse than others, but nevertheless, across the board, more than 80 to 90% of the religious accommodation requests throughout the military across all branches were denied on political grounds, a clear violation of UCMJ and the Constitution. So Major Gary is actually here today not as a military spokesperson and not as a chemical weapons expert, but as a individual American citizen exercising his right to religious freedom. And that is the story we want to share with you today. But even worse, in this time of escalating threats, that the United States of America is experiencing from foreign actors, from domestic enemies, domestic terrorism, and the illegal flood across our border of criminals and narco-terrorists and other terrorists, why would the military want to push someone out with 25 years training and 15 years of specialty training in dealing with these very threats. This is unconscionable. America, all of you listening need to realize the enormity of taking someone with this level of training and expertise to protect all of us and pushing him out of the military by because they are denying his religious request to not get the COVID shot. As a young, healthy man, he had no risk of dying of COVID. There was plenty of treatment options available that I, for one, as a physician, was using from the get-go, keeping my patients out of the hospital and nobody died. So there's treatment available. He's young and healthy. He's not at risk. He's highly trained. He is dedicated to protecting America and command is pushing him out on political grounds for failure to take an experimental shot. Let that sink in. That is the enormity of what this story is all about. And if you don't think you need to stand up against this tyranny there, but for the grace of God will go you next time. There's another mandate coming down the pike with another experimental shot, and Marburg is probably next. So get ready and listen to the inspiration from Major Mike Gary. 
He is not speaking as a representative of the Department of Defense or the military or the National Guard in, or any government agency. And I think if you listen to him, that's going to be very clear that he is not speaking for them. And I want to make that clear to all of our listeners at the beginning of the show. So, Major Gary, I'm honored to have you working with the foundation, both as a volunteer for the Military Advisory Council and in your um, consulting role for which we compensate you to guide us in how we can better teach the public how to respond to the very threats that the military isn't using your skills and we want to use your skills to help the public understand. So I'm grateful to have you part of our team and very glad that we can use this time to share your story. So tell us what happened in December 2020 when you filed your religious exemption package. Well, thank you, Dr. Vliet. Um, And I thank the Truth for Health Foundation because they've been a godsend to me in my time of need. And I'm incredibly appreciative of that. So the for the audience out there, last week, 18 May, um, before the House Select Committee, you would have seen three uh, FBI whistleblowers. And again, their testimony was timely to, to me and what I'm doing in my life. I'm currently in a security clearance battle. And uh, those FBI whistleblowers revealed that their clearances were taking taken away from them, which ended their job and ended their pay, which will be very similar to my situation. So it was incredible to hear, especially special, special agent Garrett O'Boyle testify. And after I watched that man testify, it gave me motivation and energy to kind of cross the finish line per se in the uh, legal battle that I'm currently in. But it also has inspired me to do this report. I've been holding on to this for a long time. And again, I'm appreciative to finally get this story out because it's so tainted with such nefarious tones or evil tones that it's been hard to, you know, kind of reveal in a way. So let me bring the audience back to December of 2020. That's the election of 2020 timeframe, the two months of confusion. Well, in November, uh, towards the end of November 2020, I decided that this is my time to move on a religious exemption packet. I had been verbalizing it for a long time. I had been telling the chaplain, uh, the state chaplain, that is, that I was thinking about this. I'm getting fed up with all these different chemicals and, and of course, uh, hex cells, human embryonic kidney cells being snuck into them, and then whatever else they contain that they don't list. And, and I had mentioned that, you know, the anthrax shot over the years, which was a requirement of my hazmat technician uh, uh, positions, that, you know, over the years, my left side of my body, which is where I always take my shots, had become more and more stiff over the years. And just to kind of tell the audience of how the anthrax shot is, um, In 2006-2007, I deployed to Iraq. That was the year of the surge. And during that year, I had to get, I think it was five anthrax shots. So there were boosters after the first one. But they wouldn't let us go home. 
they wouldn't let us come back to the States without getting our last uh, booster shot. Okay. It's, it was insane. It irritated us to no end that, oh, we, this was a requirement to go back home that we had to get this last dose of it. So I just want to put that out there because I was reminded of it as of late that that was a requirement to come back home, getting our last booster shot of anthrax. And I learned something big time then in 2007. I learned how they would force these products that were unneeded uh, and they would use things like uh, getting back to the States, leaving country, which was Iraq for me, my deployment, that they would actually hold that over you. So just so the audience understands how uh, mean that the uh, DOD uh, bureaucracy could be, uh, that's just a little example. And of course, moving ahead into to December 2020, everybody was in support of my religious exemption packet. It was really kind of interesting and and I thought odd at the moment, but I realized why. Nobody knew where we were going in the pandemic or plandemic, uh, where it was actually going to go to. I knew this was going to be forced vaccination. I knew that was the end game. Uh, so I naturally was way ahead <laughs> of the ball or the curve, and I got my religious exemption in. The chaplain was... Uh, totally in support of it. He loved my packet. He actually was maybe considering one for himself. Uh, the commander was totally in support of it. He was totally in support of the first amendment. He seemed right. He was like, yeah, you've already had all these uh, vaccinations over the years. Anyway, what does it matter? So I found incredible support in December of 2020 for my religious accommodation packet. So my packet would serve as the example for the state uh, that I, I'm in the National Guard for. And uh, it would go forward and confuse people. They'd be like, what's this for? What, what do we need this? What's this all about? And uh, it was something I was considering anyway, because I was just done with all these vaccinations, which currently in my life, how I was dealing with getting uh, like another dose of anthrax, I would go sit in the sauna that very night and sweat the thing out of my body as best I could, because the anthrax shot is known for making your arms and body very stiff for a day or two. And I would sweat the shot out. I would just get, you know, that would be my way of dealing with a current uh, anthrax shot or a flu shot. And, but anyway, I was contemplating no more, uh, shots anyway. And that's why I did the religious exemption packet. And I knew this creepy new technology was coming, even though I didn't know a lot about it. I knew about lipid nanoparticles. I knew this was a new thing, new delivery system. So anyway, it all made sense. And if we move into January of 2021, we had Jan six happen. And I didn't realize to what level uh, people were confused by that event because I've been in alternative media for so long because I've, I've known that the mainstream media tells nothing but lies. So um, Jan 6 had actually bothered a lot of people. And in the hazmat team that I was a part of, um, 
we would work with law enforcement, local law enforcement to do things, or they would call us for responses on things if they need it, or the fire departments or hazmat teams would call us for responses. So we, this was a part of our mission to do that. Now, if you remember back in January of 2021, there was a call for uh, concern of all capitals, all 50 states were supposed to have all these armed insurrectionists show up. Uh, this may be a detail that's forgotten by most, but if you remember, all 50 capitals were supposed to have people protest. Okay, so anyway, my unit was in a planning meeting. This would have been about the second week of January 2021, and uh, the state police for my state uh, were talking along about what they had for intel, which wasn't much. It was confused stuff, and it was all it was all talking points from the mainstream media, which was starting to bother me. But then they presented, what if we're going to have to actually use uh, rules, use of force against people? Uh, And uh, which means possibly having to use firearms and, and, you know, shoot people. And I spoke up in the planning meeting and said, I believe, you know, the mainstream media is hyping this up far more than it needs to be. And my commander jumped in and told me to get my far right extremist thoughts out of this conversation or opinions out of this conversation. They had no place here. So he essentially told me to shut up in front of, you know, state police and other planning members part of this. And I was shocked. It shocked me. Uh, So I quieted down. And listen for a couple more uh, exchanges back and forth uh, on this this planning meeting, and everybody is confused. Now I spoke up one last time, and I, I uh, interrupted. You know, I came in on a spot where I thought was proper. And again, I was just shut down. So I came in and said, "What is the specific Seaburn Chem BioRad threat that we need to prepare our unit for?" And I was asking our commander. Uh, in front of everybody that was a part of this meeting. I said, we need to know what the specific threat is, because if there truly is going to be an arms insurrectionist and possibly shots fired, why do why does a hazmat team need to be there? So I presented these questions. Nobody had answers. So the interesting thing is, is at the time, uh, the news media is putting out so-called FBI information that there was going to be these big armed crowds at the 50 capitals. However, our field office, which was the Boston field office for FBI, had no credible uh, intel on anything that was going to happen. So you had, for the first time ever, I saw a, a conflict of intelligence in these meetings. So again, uh, this was very interesting, but very confusing. And it seemed like I was the only, I was alone in this, actually being able to discern and sift my way through the information. So what ended up happening is we supplied a very generic air monitoring package with a couple vehicles and approximately, I don't know, 10 people or less. So it was very minimal. And guess what? Nothing ever happened that day at the Capitol building in the state I'm from. Okay, and that was the case across the nation. So anyway, it looks like, you know, what I had for information or the way I discern things was was proper and correct. But needless to say, I walked away from that learning that my commander had labeled me as a far right, uh, you know, extremist or whatever. 
which was shocking. And I knew we were in a different phase, a different time, and I'd have to be careful and quiet. At the same time, uh, hazmat team, were a response team, the shots were coming out. And we were, since we were response, we were seeing like uh, the, the hospitals. So nursing staff, doctor staff, we were allowed to get the shots early on and, and like the hospital staff. So uh, my commander being one of the first ones to do that. And he got very sick, very sick. And I told him, I was like, you need to report this. At the time, I didn't know about VAERS. I didn't know that there was a vaccine adverse events reporting system. But believe me, because he got very sick, I looked, I found it. That's how I found VAERS. All right. But I knew there had to be something because I know the FDA pulls products or, you know, there's a way to pull products off or uh, them hurting people. So he got very sick, uh, had to take a day of work off. And uh, so did another guy in our unit. So here the shots are being fielded about the same time as this event. And some of our first people getting them are getting very sick. Now they rebounded. And I think they didn't dare tell us any more of their symptoms because they were embarrassed or in denial or whatever. But this was an interesting thing for us in the, um, in the unit. A lot of people were very turned off to the shot after watching that happen to the first couple guys. So uh, from then on, I was careful, even though I was uh, trying to make people aware of um, the ingredients in these new shots. Again, I was learning uh, quickly uh, about what was in them. For example, polyethylene glycol, uh, SM102, which is luciferase, and then uh, scientific studies that I had. And... uh, you know, these, uh, these studies didn't show that vaccinating for a coronavirus was a good thing. So anyway, I just, I delayed these out uh, for people to see, and I only dared do it until about early February of 2021. And at this point, the pressure in our state was building to, to vaccinate, even though it was done by age groups, they were forcing uh, as quick as they could to get the uh, air guard and the army guard vaccinated so that's um that's what we were up against dr vliet uh early february of 2021 and you are you are so correct that the whole political environment in the military shifted rather dramatically after the success of the stolen election and the installation of the puppet president with someone that I say medically is so cognitively impaired, he couldn't possibly be functioning to direct this government and its complexity. So clearly, others behind the scene are in charge. And a lot of the people that are actually running this administration under the puppet Biden are actually people from the Obama administration, including Obama himself. And he's made no bones about the fact that he wanted to be in the background as the voice in the ear, in the earbud in the ear of someone at the podium. And he talked about that before 
the the last election. So it's clear that there's a shadow government running things. And it's also very clear, as I watched as a civilian, that things changed very dramatically after the installation of Biden in January 2020. And, and into 2021, things really escalated in a very negative direction. And it went back to the same persecution of Christians and conservatives that we saw the full eight years of the Obama administration. Now, Mike was, Major Gary was deployed overseas during that time and may not have been as aware of what was happening in the U.S. as I was. But it was very clear that the Obama administration made it their mission to get rid of people in the military at leadership level who would stand for their oath to the Constitution and who would refuse to fire on American citizens if ordered to do so. So that changed. There were 197 senior and flag level officers that were purged during the first eight years under Obama. And so we now see some of those same policies coming back into play with Obama in the shadows and Biden, the puppet, at the helm of this administration. That sets the stage for the persecution that escalated all throughout 2021 and 2022 that we've been exposing in Truthful Health Foundation's military press conferences and military advisory council and our whistleblower reports and have been helping through the generosity of our donors to defend the legal and constitutional rights of our service members with our legal defense grant program. So we have been right there helping support our military service members because quite frankly, if our military service members are persecuted by this lawless rogue government, the rest of us are not far behind in the persecution that's coming. They defend our military, are the ones that defend all of us. We have to defend them now, which is why we're having these military segments on the whistleblower report. So we'll be back with the second half after the break and talk more about Major Gary's story. But I want all of you to realize, please join our crusade to help not only our military service members protect their rights, but the rights of all of us. Go to truthforhealth.org and sign up, donate, and join our crusade. We'll be right back after the break. Hello, everyone. This is Lieutenant Mark Bashaw, U.S. Army and legal grant recipient of the Truth for Health Foundation. I want to give a huge shout out to the Truth for Health Foundation for helping me and my family over the past year with our legal battles. Recently, I was court-martialed for not participating with these experimental COVID-19 emergency use authorized products. If it wasn't for Truth for Health Foundation and all the support, I would definitely be in a worse spot. But because of all the support, I'm able to continue uniform service, fighting for what's right to protect the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless America. 
Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Military Report today here with Major Mike Gary, 25 years in the Army National Guard and also a 15-year certified chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear officer trained to help protect all of us from weapons of mass destruction threats. So Major Gary, let's go ahead with with your story and where things began to really get worse in the spring of 2021. Yes, thank, thank you, Dr. Lee. Yeah, so in the state I'm in, the pressure to, to get the shot, uh, it was like it was a false idol. It was the savior. And it took me a while to actually define what I hated about the shot. But as the pressure built up, I realized that the commoners or the normies, the, the people don't, don't take time to research, they saw the shot as their savior. And this became more increasingly more spiritual as it was fielded. That's and, a good way of putting it, actually. Yeah, it's it, it took me a while to define this. It wasn't right away, but it's there was a there was an animosity growing in me, and I realized I hated that thing because it was the savior to everybody. And that was my deepest thing, besides all the you know, the medical problems with it and the even the hex cells as it was being fielded, I it, it just swelled in me. So in the spring. April of uh, 2021, I became aware of this phenomenon that was being uh, shown online about the menstruation issues in women, which made sense to me and all the science to go along with, you know, the spike protein uh, and, you know, uh, crossing the blood brain barrier, but also the placenta barrier and the ACE2 receptor being heavily there. So it all made sense. And lo and behold, Easter dinner, we would be around newly vaccinated grandparents for my for my children, right? My daughter would hug, kiss, you know, grandparents, right? And uh, we would come back from Easter, which I think was the second week of April that that month. And my daughter came down with, a, my oldest, she came down with an extreme menstruation. Uh, I didn't know about it for a couple of days after she had it, but I was like, I, when I started to talk with my wife about it, I was like, just that's it. It's it. It happened to her. And then, and then at the same time, my wife started to have a a strange menstruation. Uh, so anyway, I, as they, as that happened to them, I uh, went and talked with a local nurse friend and she, she said, Oh yeah, it's happening all over. So I confirmed it multiple ways. And then I had my daughter blood tested, uh, took, took a vial of blood, sent it away to a lab through our natural path who I trusted. And it came back positive for spike proof spike protein. So I documented it. At this, about the same time, there's this magnetic phenomenon going around on the uh, internet. <clears throat> so after I just experienced the menstruation thing uh, firsthand, uh, I decided that I was going to check into this uh, magnet thing that was going on. So um, at that time, about half of our unit, 22 people in our unit, and about half of them had received uh, the shot in, in the, the service member that had just recently got it, I had asked, can I, can I verify this? And, and to, to be clear to the audience, 
I was known for testing the limitations of equipment and checking out scientific hypothesis. That's why I was good at my job. I knew that's why people came to me. They knew I knew the limitations and capabilities of certain things. And I mean, we had hundreds of pieces of equipment, detection equipment uh, on my uh, Seaburn hazmat response team. Okay. So this is nothing out of the ordinary, really, other than it's a little personal that the service member just got shot, but the service member said, oh yeah, yeah, let's try it. Yeah, let's see. And I asked twice, I asked twice, the person was of lower rank. So I asked twice, are you sure? Yes. Yeah. Okay with it. All right. So we tried the magnet thing and found that uh, after verifying and making sure the skin wasn't wet and sticky, it, the thing stuck. And the thing stuck with stacked magnets way better which is kind of a bizarre thing and doesn't make sense to things I've read. But anyway, it should have, you know, be in stacked. So after the, the magnet stuck and they were stacked um, on the site, I asked to take a picture. Now that's asked, the injection site you're talking about. That's the actual injection site. The service member moved the, the stacked, there was three magnets stacked on the site and they stuck. And we both became concerned and I wanted to document it. I took a picture of it, asked twice before I took the picture, made sure the, you know, there was no uh, face or anything in that. And I took a picture of it and it's documented. So at that point, uh, you know, this is when the commander, uh, you know, he right after that, I went to take care of the picture to document it. And then the commander came in and got involved and said I was abusing my, you know, position. And I said, I asked, I asked, you know, uh, he was okay with it until it stuck. And I, I'm concerned. And I said, we need to do something about this. So the, I ended up in the commander's office, he slammed the door and he said, the magnet did not stick. And he started to rip me up and down and he had a, a negative counseling prepared for me on it, listed the, the uh, experiment that I did. But it also listed uh, political stuff that I've said in private conversations with him before. These conversations were things that he provoked. And, uh, and I oblige and give my opinions when it's asked. So I was, again, uh, disheartened that he would do that. But I asked him, I said, if the magnet didn't stick, why is this happening? Why am I getting the first negative counseling in my life if it didn't stick? He had no answer. So he, he was walking around, couldn't answer my question. I said, oh, the magnet did stick. That's the problem, isn't it? And I said, then we need to do something about this. We need to do something about the lot. We need to note it in the service member's record, and we need to say something about the lot. And uh, well, anyway, I couldn't leave the officer without signing the document. And and I knew from then on, my, my I was marked. I was marked. So in my time would be short. Uh, at that time in the unit, we had two major things. We had a big administrative function, which I was the officer in charge of. We scored the best score on day one that the unit ever had. So there was a large success there in March of 2021. And then in May, a, short, a week or two after this magnet thing, uh, I had designed a training lane, which set the unit up for the what the evaluator said, we were the best unit they've seen during COVID. And they said, 
you aced it before even half the day, half the training lane was done. You guys aced it. Well, it was because of mostly because of my efforts in the training lane that I set up for them before. And that was late May of 2021. So I had two major successes for the unit there that I was directly intensely involved with. And then so much so that the, the commander in June came into my office and apologized for censoring me and I at this moment I, I wouldn't engage him in conversation because he had he had taken two political political swipes at me, so I just shook my head. I wouldn't talk unless he asked me to answer a question. I wouldn't talk, and uh, that's so the censoring. I was very censored. Very uh, my my I was very confined in my office at this point. I did have people that believed like me that avoided the shot. What I didn't know and I found out very recently is there was full-time army guardsmen that were looking at our unit and realizing that we didn't get vaccinated to the same percentage because they were becoming suspicious. Why not? Because we knew things and we had looked into the ingredients and stuff. So I was becoming a problem for the state chain of command because people were following I say following me. They 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 were they took the information I gave them and they saw it like I presented it. So at the same time, um, I decided in early July to clean my office out of anything patriotic. I I cl- it took my my children and came in with me one weekend when there was nobody there, and I cleaned the American flag out, seventeen seventy six references. Uh, you know, any, any awards medals that I had earned, I peeled it all off my office. Cause I knew my time was getting short. Uh, but you know, major Gary, that's really sad that in our military defending America, that's always stood for the patriotic and the best about defense of America and our values to feel that you had to clean your office out of things that stood for America. I hope everybody listening realizes how grotesque and obscene that is that someone who volunteers to serve America and all that America stands for has to clean their office out of anything that symbolizes America. It's mind-bogglingly dangerous. Yeah, and but it was a real thing for me. It was a real thing, and I knew I knew it was coming on me. Now, a lot of the the soldiers um, saw this as an odd thing, and uh, but you know I was just getting light because I knew my time was short. But there was another interesting thing about this time is uh, there was a rumor uh, that my religious exemption packet was going to be approved. And uh, so at first, when I first heard this, and this was coming from the state chain of command, some, some people I knew up there that were friendly to me, they said they were excited and elated because there was quite a few people up there that were asking for packets too. And uh, so they were happy about this and telling me and with joy. And I was, I was very happy for, you know, five to 10 minutes. And then I realized, oh, I realized that all these other soldiers that wanted, didn't realize that it was going to come down to a forced thing, a mandated thing, that they were going to need packets. Uh, I was like, whoa, no, this is not a good thing. Because if it mine gets approved and there's 
and they come into making theirs, you know, for the August timeframe, they will be denied. So I went into my office and I prayed to God that my packet would not be approved, that I would be like everybody else. And, and he answered that prayer. And from then on, I was a shield to every religious exemption person. And that's what happened in that summer of 2021. I became the shield for everybody in the state. And my wow. packet was used as the example for everybody that wanted one. And again, I knew my time was short. So I continued to uh, hide in my office. And, uh, you know, this was seen as a weird thing to people, but, but I knew I just could feel the tension building. The spiritual tension did not surprise me. I knew it was building. And um, so my packet would be officially denied 27 September of 2021. And uh, at that moment, I had submitted, um, uh, pre previous to that, I had submitted VAERS data, the, you know, the total database numbers up the chain of command a few times and made them aware about other things. So I was increasingly becoming a nuisance. And um, uh, October 8th, my commander was very, uh, there was something on his mind. He was very perturbed. And uh, I came in on leave that day. I wasn't supposed to be in the office, but I had to help some people out, do something really quick for a mission they had. And I came in and he called me into his office. Again, I'm on leave. And he was very perturbed at our operations officer who was requesting a religious exemption packet. And he said, Mike, I believe you deserve one, you, you know, because I had all this, you know, detail information and justification, all this stuff. He's like, I don't believe he deserves one. And I said to him, I looked him in the face and I said, I don't think that's right. That's not right. Christ only requires us to have a belief. He just has to believe. If he doesn't believe that thing is supposed to be in his body because of his belief in Christ, then he deserves a packet. So then uh, it went back and it was a heated discussion for um, quite some time. And then, uh, and then I said, well, wait, wait, let me, let me tell you this one story sir. And I said, are you aware of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do you know who these people are? And he didn't. He didn't know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So I went into the story of how, uh, you know, Nebuchadnezzar stood up a false idol statue, and he made everybody bow to it. And I said, sir, to us, the shot is like the statue, we're not going to bow down to it. We're not going to accept these hex cells and defile our body. And, uh, and everybody deserves a packet that wants one. They should at least be allowed to submit the packet. Uh, so after I explained the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego story and how they were thrown in the fiery furnace, uh, which I did, I did it. I mean, God's anointing was on me and his Holy Spirit was upon me because I watched his face and his body language and his anger leave him as I was telling the story. So I got better as I was telling the story because I could see he's fully engaged and enthralled in what I was saying. And then, um, and then at the end of it, he was in tears. He was in tears. 
So I stood up, I looked him in the eye, went over to him and we hugged. And I thought everything was going to be good. Eight October come 20 October, something changed. The, the pressure was continuing to mount. Uh, and, uh, they would pull a, uh, a uh, investigation on me because of a three, what they call a three percent, three percent of Roman numeral three with a seventeen seventy six sticker on my mug. It, it was about the size of my thumbnail or twice the size of my thumbnail, and they would eventually call me a domestic extremist for having that sticker and open an investigation up on me. That's so, appalling. And let me just share with our listeners who may not have heard that term, what it really means. Three percenter is a term that's being used by the Marxist leftist destroyers of America as a attacking word for people who stand for American values, Christian values, American values, conservative values, constitutional values, individual liberty, and freedom. It is a very positive connotation, but they have chosen to demonize it and lie about it and label it extremism. Well, it actually goes back to a legend about the first American Revolutionary War that a small percentage of the colonists actually stood for liberty and God's gift of life and freedom against the tyranny of the British crown. Now, the number was actually far greater than 3%, although the legend that has persisted down through the years has been that it was only 3% of the colonists. It actually wasn't, it actually was a lot more than that, probably on the order of 15 to 20%. But the point was that it did not take 100% of the colonists to stand against tyranny. It took roughly 10 to 25%. And they fought with their faith in God and their stand on divine providence, divine principles, the core Judeo-Christian principles of the country. And you know the outcome of the story, they succeeded in defeating the mightiest army in the known world at the time, the British army. This ragtag bunch of colonists armed with muskets that popped out from every tree and fought an asymmetric warfare attack on the mightiest army of the time. They won with God's hand on them. And go back to George Washington and the fact that he prayed constantly on the battlefield. There's no question that our military at the time was a devout group of people defending God's gift of life and liberty. And when we allow them to demonize us for standing on truth, and on the founding principles of this country, then we are trying to win a win on defense. And most of you that are football fans know you don't win a football game playing just defense. You have to go on the offense. 
And that's what Major Gary is doing in standing for what is right against the tyranny in our military on a political agenda under a Marxist totalitarian rogue government. Now, I'm saying that as a civilian. He is not saying that as a military service member. But that is the symbolic aspect of what he is actually doing. He is standing against the tyranny, much as our founders did in standing against the tyranny of the British king. He is standing against the tyranny of this totalitarian government that is usurping the constitutional principles on which we were founded. So, Major Gary, with with my little uh, rant about the true meaning of the three percenters to come to stand against the deception that your commander was foisting off on you. Where did it go from there? Yeah. So from, from there, it, it went, uh, they had to kind of in a way drop the domestic extremists uh, allegation against me because I don't, I didn't social media. At that time, I had no social media accounts, so there was no material uh, to to back their allegation. So what they did instead was they just expanded the scope of the 15-6 investigation, which is kind of, you don't see that every time. And then any little political thing that I had said before that people could remember uh, in a uh, conversation or, for example, they call it my election speech back uh which would have been in no october november of 2020 yeah i think it was election day i let the unit out early because i was in charge that day and before i let them go uh to go vote i had uh read uh you know from the constitution and from the bill of rights and i said remember your oaths are tied to these documents before you go and vote and i spouted off our oaths you know and then i said Make sure you research to protect these things before you vote. And they called, they said that I was telling everybody to vote for Trump, which I never said that. I said research. So there's another, that's another little thing that they used uh, against me, and which is a lie. And that's what they've done to a lot of people. Uh, they've purged good people out of the military. And if you look at what the military is suffering from, is they suffering from personnel readiness problems because they've broken the bonds of trust. I mean, I've spent, I've spent hours with people over the religious exemption packets. I've spent hours in tears with people that wanted one or were mistreated or vaccine injured people. I have this testimony from these people. This is very uh, close and personal. I mean, my packet was sent not only to the Army Guard, but to the Air Guard uh, to help them out. I sent chaplains this way and that way to help people with their packets. You know, I've spent time. I know these things, you know, about, the, you know, because I care. I'm a caring leader. And this wasn't obviously returned to me, and which is sad. And at this point, a lot of us have been jaded in the military. And uh, for what? an illegal emergency use authorization product that you forced on people that has no efficacy. It doesn't do anything but hurt people. You're exactly right. 
In fact, I just did an interview with Dr. Mike Eden about the fact that these mRNA shots are toxic by design. They are designed to maim and kill. And the debilitation in the health readiness of our troops is staggering. The skyrocketing medical problems, the premature deaths, the disability, people being medical boarded out of the military, aside, in addition to all the purging on people who requested exemptions. So the devastation to our military has truly been staggering in, in the damage. And it is questionable whether we will ever recover from the broken trust, from the decline in recruiting, decline in retention, and the health consequences of this horrific COVID shot mandate. So Major Gary, your words to our listeners in closing, what would you call all of them to do in their own action? Well, I want to put a plug in again for Special Agent Garrett O'Boyle, who's actually moved me to actually give this testimony. I've been holding on to this for two years, and hopefully my testimony will inspire others to stand up and do what's right and speak out against the lies and combat uh, evil where it is. We have to take the fight to them. We have to close with them in their terrain. Enough being on the defense, like you said, Dr. Vliet. And we need to act in faith, pray America to return to her founding principles, and pray for the people who are so persecuted because they are doing the right thing. So all of you listening, sign up for our email alerts, join our crusade. If you can donate to support our legal defense grants to help defend the constitutional and human and civil rights of military and civilians. And in your community, start prayer groups to pray against the evil overtaking America. Pray America Great Again is a wonderful book by Donica Hudson. You can get that on Amazon, and the prayers in that book could become the basis for your own prayer group and your own action steps in your community. All of us need to come together as the remnant of God's people who are preserving America as a constitutional republic and one nation under God with liberty and justice for everyone, not just the elites. Our God is our creator, not government as God. Mm. Let's turn back to God, our creator, and stand and act in faith to defend our great nation and all of our freedoms and our lives as God designed them, not as the gene therapy agents are trying to change. This is Dr. Lee for America here with Major Mike Gary 
my co-host on the Military Report. And we will be back again next week with another military segment. And in the meantime, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to act is to act. Not to speak is to speak, said Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Lutheran minister, speaking against the Nazi evil. Speak out, stand and act in faith, and join us as we come together to help restore America, again, one nation under God.